Hey, let's go to the Truett Insurance and Bonding Hotline, and if anybody can afford a Rolls Royce, it's probably Ooh. Jim Foley with oh. Fairhope Brewing Company. Selling suds. Jim, are you with that us? That was a wonderful segue. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how are you this morning? One, I want to tell you, you are a champion. I got a text from you at like 3.30 this morning, uh, so you either had a late night or didn't sleep. No, I just woke up at about 2.30, could not go to sleep, and luckily I checked my email because I had forgotten to get back to you. So I want to make sure you knew that I was, I was still here. Yeah, I was like, God, this guy's just a warrior, man. Look at what he's doing out there. Well, hey, uh, this y'all are our fascinating story. Fairhope Brewing Company, uh, y'all just celebrated 10 years, right? Heck yeah. Man, that's that's incredible uh, that, the, that the breweries have been around that long, but uh, y'all are kind of an unlikely story, I guess. You know, it's not like you, you had thought about being in a, a, or owning a brewery, but uh, you were an attorney, I guess, uh, have a degree from Alabama like yeah. Brock here. And uh, kind of just give us the, the background of how it all got started. And the, it's been an incredible ride, it sounds like. Yeah, it's it's been wonderful and a lot of fun. But the quick story is uh, I started law school in 2002 at University of Alabama. My first day of orientation, I met a gentleman named Brian Kane. He and I became good friends. We both went through law school, graduated, passed the bar, and did the legal thing for a few years. Remained really good friends. And uh, a few years after uh, we got started, we just said, gosh, this stinks. This whole <laughs> practice of law, there's got to be more to life than yeah. just what we're doing. I don't like we, it we, at all. You know, Jim, we used to have a top ten lies that they tell you about law school and the practice of law, so <laughs> yeah, we, we, we could probably share those. Well, and the thing is, we didn't even have bad jobs. I was working for a federal judge, and Brian was working for the state legislature up in Juneau, Alaska. Like, oh, we wow. had fine, good jobs, but yeah. they weren't. They just weren't really fulfilling. So, um, we were actually tailgating for the Alabama LSU game in 2011, the like game of the century, the oh, awful yeah, field yeah. goal game. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Brian's wife, we were drinking some good people beer. You know, they're brewed up there in Birmingham. And Brian's wife said, "You know, we should start a brewery." And we sort of laughed because Brian and I don't know how to brew beer. Right. But um, they actually started developing a business plan. And there were no breweries at that time south of Birmingham. And we're like, well, why not? And laws had just changed that allowed for basically for a brewer to be profitable, or at least hope to be profitable in its early years. Um, and with those law changes, we were like, the, the whole mantra we had was somebody's going to do it. Yeah, They're going to put a brewery somewhere in lower Alabama, be it at the beach or on the eastern shore or in Mobile, and they're going to be successful. Yep. So why the heck should that not be us? Hmm. And that was our mantra as we got started. We find somebody who could brew some great beer. We got involved with the president of Free the Hops, who's that organization yep, who helped sure. change all of those laws. Yeah. And, yeah, we were up and running. You know, so that's a long story short. 2011, November, is when we first had the idea, and we were open in January of 2013. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I saw something. Your first batch was brewed, was it December 21st of 2012? It was brewed on the last day of the Mayan calendar. There you go. That's perfect. So it's, it's funny. Our brewer actually put on that brew sheet, hey, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't turn out. <laughs> well, I was I was laughing. The picture you sent that, uh, that we put up on the social media stuff, I mean, you look like the most stress-free guy I've ever seen. Like, I mean, life has worked out with the brewery, it looks like. Look, I had to have my wife send me a dozen pictures to get one where I looked good. Well, <laughs> um, uh, life is good. I mean, there, it's stressful. There are all sorts of things that we have to deal with. I mean, we're regulated by the state government and by the federal government, and there's always somebody else coming to the market. We always have to deal with distributors. But it's 
I mean, yeah, I wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. It's just a wonderful, wonderful industry to be in. We've talked a lot uh, about, you know, in Birmingham, um, the two things have kind of happened up here over that time period, too. Uh, we built Railroad Park downtown, which I thought was going to be a huge generator of development around it and all that. And that did turn out yeah. to be the way that it's happened. But around that same time, you know, like you said, the Free the Hops, whatever that, that law was changed where the breweries came in. And I, I, I had no idea the impact yeah. that those were going to have. And, I mean, they've they've transformed neighborhoods here. Uh, it's just been incredible the impact they've had. and. You know, talk, talk about kind of a little bit about that of what you've seen and how everybody just, uh, you know, kind of came running to you to support you. I mean, everybody likes beer, but the, it's it's also like a, you know, a, a dang it's, symbol it's, of your city. It's incredible. Yeah, for sure. It, you're absolutely right. And just rewind a little bit. The big law that changed before 2000, I think it's nine or 11. I used to know all these days, but before one of those years a brewery could not have a sampling room on site. Ah. So every drop of beer that the brewery brewed had to go through a distributor before it could go to a retailer, which is a grocery store or bar or wherever else you would actually buy it. So that made it in cash flow absolutely impossible. So it, that law changed, and what that allows us to do is sell you a plant of beer for 5 or 6 or $7, sure. rather than selling a keg of beer to a distributor yeah. where – they're going to make their profit, and the retailer's yeah. going to make their profit before you spend that same five, six, or seven dollars. Yeah, so sure, sure. that's the big law that changed. And I know, especially up in Birmingham, y'all have had serious neighborhood revitalizations. It's beautiful to walk around some of those neighborhoods. Down here, it's more of just a community thing. Yeah. It is. We wanted. We had an insurance agent the other day. He was talking about, you know, your rates are going up. And I'm sorry, and blah blah blah. And it's like, and it's funny because you know, you guys are basically Fairhope's living room. <laughs> yeah, they'd be happy because it's just a place where people love to come and gather, and we've tried to create that environment. But breweries all over have that, and it's just again, it's one of the reasons that Brian and I wanted to get in this business to start with. Just the atmosphere around a brewery; everybody's here to have a good time. Yeah, for sure. Generally, you're not here to, you know, throw down until two in the morning. Yeah, you're just having your afternoon beer. You're out drinking on a Sunday, and you know, hopefully, you're bringing your kids and just having a really good, fun, wholesome time while drinking a beer or two. I sense a new tagline, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Fair, Fair hopes living room. Fair hopes living room. Right. Hey, uh, what was I going to say here? I mean, one of the things I love about y'all, out of all the, out of all the, uh, you know, the the craft beer places and breweries I've seen, y'all y'all have phenomenal graphics. I love the the logos and uh, and then just the one of the really creative things all the breweries have done is are naming them and uh, you know the different beers. How does what kind of thought goes into that? Do y'all use a marketing person or do y'all just sit around and drink a beer and go, "Hey, we'll name this next one this." Or what what happens with that? So, I'll start by telling you the most stressful part of starting this operation was trying to find a logo and brand to go with it. Ooh, I bet. We had a management team of five. The president of Free the Hops, Gabe Harris, our head brewer, myself, Brian, and Brian's wife, Michelle. <laughs> we had five people who were all trying to agree on something that is entirely subjective. For sure. <laughs> so For sure. <laughs> it was basically impossible. We tried every route. We went the family route, the friends route, the cheap route, the expensive route. And finally, <laughs> we had there's a design firm in Mobile, Hummingbird Ideas, and they came up with the idea of having this block F and putting something in the negative space. The first thing they had in there was a paintbrush because Fairhope is such a cute little artsy town. Sure. We said, we love the idea. Let's see what else we can put in there. And they gave us a couple dozen suggestions, and one of them was a pelican flying through, and that just became 
That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. So, who doesn't love a pelican? Excuse me? I said, who doesn't love a pelican? Exactly. They're beautiful and graceful, and I love them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So from, from the logo, we can get our tap handle, a pelican sitting on a piling. Sure, sure. And then Absolutely. that was our entire brand for a couple of years before we went into bottles and now cans. And then that pelican was designed by somebody else who was referred to us by Hummingbird. And his name is Matt Whitfield. He should be way out of our price range, but he lives right around here, and he is – just a wonderful guy who he just likes having the creative outlet that we provide. So all of our pelicans wearing, you know, monocles and vests and fishing hats and having an afro. <laughs> that's all him. We're on the, uh, you're listening to Truett News Radio. And we're on the air right now with Jim Foley with Fairhope Brewing Company. You mentioned distributors and I guess, you know, certainly you want to be the living room of Fairhope, but at, at the other uh, end of it, you want to create a cash, a cash stream, a cash flow stream. Uh, so, I mean, talk a little bit about that distribution concept. I mean, you're wanting it to get out there, I guess, is it throughout the state um, uh, so that different, different bars and uh, different grocery stores throughout the state uh, can experience. Yeah. And Fair further, Hope I would think, yeah. yeah. What's the plan on that? And what is the law on that? Basically? Like, I mean, are y'all set up now to, to take it into different States or how does that work? So the law in Alabama and I think every Southeastern state, especially is, By law, we are only allowed to sell beer wholesale to distributors who then sell it to retailers. So there's a bar across the street from us. We were absolutely forbidden from bringing our beer into that bar. Wow. So we must go through distributors. Wow. It's actually not the worst thing in the world because (laughs) our distributor down here uh, is the Budweiser distributor. And they have a relationship with everybody. Sure. So they can just say, hey, we've got this beer from Fairhope. Do you want us to put it in your cooler? And they have, what, 60 salespeople going out and saying that. Sure, sure. It's really easy compared to us trying to work that ourselves. So I curse distributors a lot, but I also know, God, I don't want that responsibility. Yeah, yeah. they've got a lot of relationships, huh? We've got somewhere around 10 distributors in the state of Alabama. Oh, wow. Um, so getting them beer is a logistical nightmare, but sure. we managed to make it happen. We do distribute in florida and mississippi again they have the same law okay. so has to go through a distributor but again it's one drop and we're done we can just come on back and get a check a few weeks later do, do you i mean i'm assuming there's some kind of metrics do you uh are you able to follow like where your your really popular cities or anything like that yes we have we can sort of dig into our distributors where uh inventories and sales so we can see where we're selling and that obviously allows us to forecast really well and know where we need to send our salespeople. Hey, why is this beer doing really well everywhere except this market? Uh-huh. And sometimes that's just a matter of, oh, there's another brewery there that has an amber. So our amber is not going to do particularly well there. It makes sense. Other times it's the distributor had no idea that that beer was on their floor. And it just means a phone call to get in their sales staff to do something. That's interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, man, we're about to have to, to run. I was going to tell you, uh, Lauren uh, Cabinets and the folks over at 106.5 were singing y'all's praises for all the, is it the Moon Pie Minutes? Yes. Yes. They're, they're good people down there. Yeah. Well, they said the same about you. So, uh, hey, and we're coming down uh, this coming week, so uh, we're going to stop by and see if we can hook up with you in person. Yeah, for sure. Please do. That would be awesome. Yeah. Anything uh, that you'd like to say uh, to wrap up? Hey, thank you all so much for your support. It's been a great 10 years. We're looking forward to 10 more. Yeah, man. Well, uh, we'll talk to you soon, Jim. That sounds great. Cheers, y'all. All All right. Yeah, thanks. That's Jim Foley, uh, one of the owners of Fairhope Brewing Company. Really good guy.